This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Stu and I have been talking um, about, hey, hi. Um, we've been talking, um, we want to do something for Thanksgiving. Um, but in our own communities and you do something in your communities, we'll be, uh, we'll be talking about that. In coming shows as we get closer to Thanksgiving, because we we really need to be there for one another and lead by example. Okay, on today's podcast, we have JD Vance on with us. We have Chip Roy. Oh my gosh, what's going on on the border with Martha's Vineyard and uh, all of that? Then Putin and oh goody, we had a speech from. Uh, from Joe Biden at the U.N. today, immediately followed by the New York attorney general uh, suing Donald Trump and his children and his family. But Hunter, don't worry about it. The president, don't worry about it. It's crazy what's going on. We try to give you uh, a semblance of the truth. And the podcast today starts with disturbing truth of where we could actually be going and it's beyond economic meltdown it is morally where are we headed all that begins in just a minute let me tell you about relief factor if you're one of the millions who suffer every day from pain i want you to listen up there is hope and it comes in the form of relief factor i see testimonials day after day after day relief factor if you were like i was uh or you are like i was in pain every day just getting through your day is challenging because of that pain please try relief factor it's worked for me it's not a drug developed by doctors and you can get the three-week quick start to try for only 1995 working in three weeks for you it's probably going to work wonders for you if you don't see any results in three weeks probably should stop taking it that's why they have that three-week quick start because 70 percent of the people who try it go on to order more If you want a drug-free and natural way to get your life back, go to relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. 18-year-old Kaylor Ellingson. He was hit and killed by a man driving a car In North Dakota. Now, that is a horrible story. But when you find out it wasn't an accident, it gets bad. When you find out all of the details, it gets much worse. This 18-year-old was out on the street. He was in a street dance. And he called his mom and said, Mom, can you come and rescue me? I am being chased by Shannon Brandt. Do you know him? She said, yeah, I do. How do you know him? And he's like, he's chasing me right now with his car. So when she finally reached him, he was already dead. Shannon Brandt had run over this kid, intentionally killing him. Now, again, 
that's gotten worse, right? What makes it even worse than all of that is that he's the one who called 911 to, to report, quote, the crash. Now, he did that after he fled the scene, but he called. And he said, I ran over him because he was part of a Republican extremist group. And we had a political argument and he was calling people to come get Brandt. No, he's actually calling his mom and saying, help me, mom, help me. Now, the judge uh, asked him to post $50,000 bail. He says he's not a flight risk. Listen to this. New developments tonight in the death of a teenager at a Foster County street dance. According to court papers, it wasn't an accident, but they say a politically motivated attack. WDAY News reporter Matt Henson broke the story for you online today. He joins us live tonight for why the driver confessed to police. Matt? Dan and Kirsten, according to court papers, moments before he was killed, 18-year-old Kaylor Ellingson called his mom to come rescue him because 41-year-old Shannon Brandt was chasing him in the city of McHenry where the street dance had just wrapped up. The papers don't indicate how Kaylor Ellingson was being chased, but by the time his mom could get there, her son was dead. I don't understand the differences. 41-year-old Shannon Brandt had a tough time understanding the charges against him, vehicular homicide, and leaving the scene of a deadly accident. He's actually the one that called 911 uh, to report the crash. Police say it happened in this alley around 2.30 Sunday morning after the street dance. Court papers show Brandt told the 911 dispatcher that he just hit Kaylor Ellingson because the teen was part of a Republican extremist group and was calling people to come get Brandt after a political argument. Ellingson's mom told police her son called her just before the crash, asking if she knew Brandt, and she said she did. She does not believe her son knew Brandt. Still trying to determine exactly what all transpired at the time of the crash, but prior to that as well. Police say Brandt was drunk when he hit and killed Ellingson with his SUV. We do not know of any witnesses. Uh, We still are making uh, attempts to interview potential witnesses from the street dance people that were present uh, prior to the crash happening. A judge ordered Brandt held on $50,000 cash, which he objected, saying he's not a flight risk. A job and a a life and a house and things that I don't exactly want to see, you know, go by the wayside. Family that are very important to me. Oh, oh, I get it. He has family that he cares about. He has a job and a life that he doesn't want to see go away. This guy, the most disturbing thing is he doesn't understand. When they say he didn't understand the charges, he was sober during that. Um, He doesn't understand why he can't hit a kid if he calls him a Republican extremist. Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you. I want to give you one more story. This one is from Berlin. An art festival in Berlin, Germany, offered race-based admission pricing. They want to talk about extremists. We all know what comes out of Germany. According to an ad for the event, white Germans could attend for free or without a donation of their choice. 
Jews and all other attendees had to pay $80 a piece. The Aryan Feast, Imagining a White World, a three-hour event hosted last Sunday, sponsored by the Berlin Gallery of Traditional Art, was promoted as a culinary event celebrating white artists and writers through food. Uh, At our table, the event description states, guests participate in an experience that weaves together food and art, where experts work with white artists to create a multi-course, vegan, uh, uh, traditional Aryan meal. While guests were eating, they were also regaled with the works of Wagner by the Munich Aryan Orchestra and Chorale. Anybody surprised that Germany would go this way when it is in trouble financially, when the pressures and why are you why are you not surprised by this story? Hopefully you find it offensive. I know you do find it offensive and horrifying but why because the germans have been trained for a very long 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 time and the nazi thing is real let me actually give you the right way to read this story this is this is actually the the real story An event at an art festival in Portland, Oregon, offered race-based admission pricing. According to an ad for the event, black folks could attend for free or with a donation of their choice. All other attendees had to pay $80 apiece. The Black Feast, Black Imaginarial, a three-hour event hosted last Sunday and sponsored by the Portland Institute for Contemporary Art, was promoted as a culinary event. Celebrating black artists and writers through food. At our table, the event description states guests participate in an experience that weaves together food and art, where experts work with black artists to create a multi-course vegan gluten-free meal based off the artist's work. While guests uh, had their multi-course vegan meal, they were also regaled with interpretive dance. The only thing you didn't have to change was vegan. <laughs> I know. I know. For both. I know. It worked for both. <laughs> so does anybody notice a problem here? Between the speech that the president gave, just blood red behind him, and Marines standing behind him, he declared that there are undesirables. That there is a disease of vermin in our society. And we now have our first case of violence where the guy doesn't even understand why he couldn't run somebody over if he claims that they were a, a extremist Republican. You have the seeds being planted right now. Now let me give you another story. This is why we better find our way to our our morals and our principles fast. Left-wing activist and Harvard prodigy 
David Hogg, said he would much rather have a Porsche and a Portuguese water dog and golden doodle than children because, quote, it's better for the environment. I'm never planning on having kids. See, here's where we agree. We agree. We can cross lines, right? Can we agree? Nice. I agree with David Hogg. It's nice to come together on right. something this important. Yeah, he yeah. should never have children. <laughs> um, he said, I would much rather own a Porsche and have the uh, water dog and golden doodle. Uh, uh, doodle. Uh, long term, it's cheaper. Better for the environment. Kids are the new boats, he said. Yes, like kids are nice, but most people can't afford them. So it's nice to have friends with one, but not to have one yourself. Okay, anti-family, anti-human. Next story. A week ago, Biden released an executive order on advancing biotechnology and biomanufacturing innovation for sustainable, safe, and secure American bioeconomy. In the order... Biden administration calls for dramatically increasing funding for biotech development, including gene editing. Quote, for biotechnology and biomanufacturing to help us achieve our societal goals. Could I ask, because I, maybe I missed the memo and the meeting, when did we decide our societal goals? And those societal goals, what does bioengineering have to do with it? To help us achieve our societal goals, the United States needs to invest in foundational scientific capabilities. We need to develop genetic engineering technologies and techniques to be able to write circuitry for cells and predictably program biology in the same way which we write software and program computers. We need the power to unlock biological data, including through uh, computing tools and artificial intelligence. Um, We also must ensure the use of biotechnology and biomanufacturing are ethical and responsible and are centered on a foundation of equity and common public good, advancing racial equality and support the underserved communities through federal government. They must also be consistent with a respect for human rights. Okay, so we have an equitable investment in biotechnology. Okay. I'm going to give you one more story, and all of these stories will link together. All of these stories will show you. You better get to a group of people that think like you do and start talking about these things, taking them seriously, and standing up for them. You cannot be silent anymore. What is being, well, I'll show you what's being drawn. I'll give you one last story, and I think it'll all come together for you. Okay, let me just recap the stories that we have just covered. A driver in North Dakota, a 41-year-old driver, ran over an 18-year-old because of a political argument. That's what he says, a political argument, and the 18-year-old was a Republican extremist, and so he had to run over him with his car. The next story 
is the Portland event that is celebrating black uh, culture and food. I don't have a problem with this, but you're charged 80 bucks to get in if you're white. It's free for you if you are black. Um, Then Biden, a week ago, started talking about to accomplish our... um, our societal goals, which I don't know what they are. He wants to be able to fund uh, through a, an executive order biotechnology, not a problem with biotechnology, but the government is now going to be doing this and it's going to be based on metrics that are equitable. Last one. I'm going to take you back to 2017. At the World Economic Forum, they were doing an interview. Klaus Schwab was doing an interview with um, Sergey, what's his face, um, from Google, Sergey Brin. They were talking about transhumanism and forcing implants into the brains of humans and tracking their every thought. Transhumanist artificial intelligence touches touches every single one of Google's main projects, ranging from search to photos to ads, Bryn said. Uh, He said it touches everything we do, end quote. So now, after he says all of this, Schwab tells those in the audience that within 10 years, everyone on Earth will be wearing brain implants within 10 years. That would be 2027. This will allow the WEF, uh, WEF and associates to, quote, measure your brain waves. Can you imagine, I'm quoting, in 10 years when we're sitting here, we have an implant in our brains so I can immediately feel because all of you will have implants. I can measure your brain waves. I can immediately tell you how the people react or feel how the people react to your answers. You cannot stop it. Schwab bragged. Okay. Can you imagine any technology that is more dangerous than an implant that allows the government or anyone to know exactly what you're feeling and thinking? I I can't think of one. Let me go back through the stories. Let me go back one step. Genetic engineering and technologies to be able to write circuitry to predictably program biology in the same way we write software and program computers. Okay, that part of that will be brain implants. But more importantly, that is about having the children you want. That's about perfecting the races That's about making sure you weed out the wrong thoughts and the wrong kind of people. And you go to someone intentionally running someone over because they disagree with you politically and they think that's okay. Gang, we are going to make the Nazis look like rookies if we don't get off this road right now. We all have to stand together in peace and love, and we have to go out and vote. 50% turnout is the voter turnout in an off-year election, 50%.
It better be 100% of independence and people who understand the fire that's coming this way. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. understand the world the rosetta stone to understanding the news of the day is my new book it is called the great reset it's available everywhere okay so let's just go through some of the uh, stories here venezuela we now know are emptying their prisons and sending violent criminals to our border we had a record two million illegals apprehended at our southwest border this year. Two million that we caught. Probably three million is the real total. In that three million, um, we had uh, another 12 caught just last month. Another 12. Now, these are special illegals. These are on the terror watch list. Remember you heard a story. There are 24 people that were found, you know, on the terror watch list. Nah, mm-mm. Let me give you the stats on this. In 2017, two people got through that are on the terror watch list. 2018, six. 2019, zero. 2020, last year of, of Trump, two. First year of Biden, 15. And so far this year, 78 from the terror watch list have come through our border that we know of. Chip Roy is with us now. Hello, Chip. How are you, sir? Doing great, Glenn. Uh, great to be on the show, although uh, not doing great about the state of our border and what it means for your and my home state of Texas uh, or this whole country. But uh, but uh, blessed to live in this country and keep fighting for it. Um, Chip, uh, by the way, he's a congressman from Texas. I don't think I can take any more of this from, uh, you know, the the northern states saying, hey, we're not a Texas border town. What the hell does that mean? What does that mean? That they should just take it? Well, it, there is a certain irony in that, right? Uh, you know, listening to the D.C. city councilwoman and the mayor saying, oh, well, you know, we don't have the resources to deal with that. Texas does. So, wait, hold on a second. By resources, you mean all of our towns getting absolutely overwhelmed and inundated, our schools having to deal with massive numbers or actually shut down because of bailouts and the danger posed to them in South Texas, our ranches getting diluted, fen- deluged, fences getting cut, uh, children dying from fentanyl poisoning, uh, you know, people living in stash houses. And then you go look at the Washington, D.C., Glenn. You know, oh, they wake up now and go, oh, my gosh, there are 50 shipped to, to Martha's Vineyard, and we had 100 dropped off at, you know, uh, Kamala Harris's house. There were 73 people found in a stash house in Washington, D.C. in early August. Twelve of them were kids. This is real. It's in our nation's capital. There are uh, cartels. There was a headline in Baltimore just about a month ago about the dangers of cartels uh, engaged in Baltimore. In Virginia, in Culpeper, Virginia talked to a sheriff last week when I was meeting with the moms who have lost their children to fentanyl, and they busted a cartel operation in Culpeper, Virginia, one hour west of our nation's capital. It's happening. This administration knows it. They're lying about it, and they need to absolutely have to face consequences for what they're doing to our country. So, Chip, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm so frustrated. I, I could pop a gasket um, when I start thinking about this. They're now comparing the GOP governors 
saying that they're like human traffickers. You don't need like human traffickers. You have human traffickers on the border. Human trafficking has never been this bad in America. And the Biden administration is creating and funding those human traffickers. That's exactly right. And and I just want to pause there for a second, right? Those of us who love our country, we're people of faith. We're watching human beings being used as political pawns by these Democrats. Yet they then point the finger at Governor Abbott or Governor DeSantis for highlighting the problem by moving people who largely volunteered for it, moving them to another place in the country to essentially wake people up because MSNBC and CNN and The Washington Post and New York Times, and they all refuse to report on it. There's a block of people in our country who don't know what's going on. If you're a listener out there, Stop making nice when you go to your churches and you go to your community groups and you don't want to talk about these things. Tell everybody. Wake people up because your children are dying from the fentanyl as a result of the open borders. Your families are going to get endangered by cartels and gangs. This administration is causing it, but let's be honest. Republicans are allowing it to happen, and that's why I'm calling on ending the continued funding of this crap. I don't know how Republicans can fund the very things they campaign against. We shouldn't give one more penny to a Homeland Security or administration that refuses to secure our border. Uh, Amen. Amen. But I don't think Turtle Face has the the courage to do it. Um, Let me ask you about the Soros-funded lawsuit uh, against Florida. Uh, violating these uh, illegals, their constitutional right. They don't have constitutional rights. You don't have constitutional rights. But here's Soros funding this. Well, obviously, and you mentioned with the Soros-funded effort, like the lawyers are seeking them out to go, you know, turn them into, uh, again, political pawns. Um, and it's absurd to say that individuals who came to our country uh, illegally, came here making some claims this administration and then dumping them into the United States, endangering our people, that for some reason governors moving them around our country are somehow violating rights that they don't really have under the Constitution. Well, wait a minute. What is, the diff- what is the difference between uh, DeSantis or, or uh, Abbott moving these people to Washington, D.C. or uh, Martha's Vineyard in, in the daytime as opposed to the federal government moving them all over the country, well, we don't even know where they go. Yeah, well, that's, that's exactly right. The federal government has been distributing people throughout this country. Let's go a step further. How about every non-governmental organization, every charity, every group and church organization and Catholic charities and all the ones that are neck deep in all of this that are running uh, and putting people into hotels in South Texas that are literally going and coordinating, picking people up and distributing them around the country. And by the way, Glenn, this is really important, okay? People are saying, oh, but they're seeking asylum. Hold on. The vast majority of these right now are not even claiming asylum. They're not even being worked through any adjudication of a claim for asylum. They're literally being brought into a tent, for example, in Eagle Pass. It's four acres. They're put in through a system. It's all all set up just to process them and release them under parole or a notice to appear, which is an absolute abomination and a violation of both the letter and the spirit of the law. Uh, It's being done purposely. It's abusive. They're the ones moving human beings and trafficking human beings, and the blood is on their hands. The little girl getting raped in a stash house as we speak. The American that is dying from fentanyl poisoning as we speak. The people who are going to be endangered by the criminals you alluded to coming from Venezuela or across this 
world. The terrorists you're talking about, it's just a matter of time. And Republicans ought to stand up and fight for the American people. I will tell you, this sheriff in Bear County, um, uh, that is, is investigating, is he the FBI now? Investigating what happened in Florida with DeSantis flying these people up. He doesn't, he doesn't claim anything is illegal. He just says, I don't know, it doesn't feel right. When are we in basing investigations on feelings? Second of all, this is the same guy who in his county, you had, what, 50 people die in the back of a truck. Did he care about that? Well, you know, it's a really good point. Uh, and, you know, I've got a great relationship with a lot of the line of uh, police officers in San Antonio, uh, some sheriff's deputies. Uh, this is nothing more than Sheriff Salazar playing politics and doing so in a way that would endanger Texas. I want to be very clear to any, any of my listeners out there in, in, in San Antonio, my constituents, this is an absolute abomination what the sheriff is doing. He should be challenged for it. Uh, he should be you know, removed from office and someone needs to go take him down uh, to, in terms of his political career. And we should replace him with somebody else. It's absurd. You have 53 people, as you said, dying in a tractor trailer in San Antonio. You have people that uh, that we can't even get a lot of our cases brought on drug crimes because they don't prosecute them, because liberals have taken over the DA's office, and because you've got uh, this kind of weak leadership. We need strong leadership in our cities to root out crime, and we don't need these kind of po- political games where this is very specific going after DeSantis because DeSantis is daring to say that we ought to highlight this uh, by uh, you know moving people around the country uh, so that people can understand what's happening to Texas and to Florida and to other states that are bearing the brunt of this. It's absurd. I don't even, I, I, how, how do cities claim to be sanctuary cities and then say, oh, we don't, we can't take these people? How, how is that possible? Well that, well, that was the D.C. councilwoman, I can't remember her name, who said, oh, you know, she was one complaining, oh, they're turning us into a border town. I said, hold on a second. You called for the abolition of ICE. You were out lauding D.C. as far back as six or seven years ago, you and, and, and Muriel Bowser, the, the uh, mayor here, saying you're a sanctuary city. And you're complaining about 100 being dropped off. We're getting three or 4,000 a day rolling across the border in Texas There's, uh, that are being apprehended, not even counting the gotaways. I mean, the extent to which people are burying their head in the sand. And I want to go back to the fentanyl crisis because I've seen four people die in Hayes County, which I represent. I've seen people high profile or people not, uh, you know, the people don't know. And what talking to moms, I was at a round table last week with 12 moms who have all buried their kids because of fentanyl poisoning. And the American people don't understand. We're talking about pills. We're talking about one pill can kill because it was cooked up in a, in a cartel backyard funded by Chinese fentanyl. We actually had some law enforcement in Harris County the other day who mistakenly took a pill because it looked like candy that was laced with fentanyl that they had from product. I mean, I'm telling you, people don't know what's happening. In the 80s, Glenn, the cocaine epidemic that we had, yeah. 10,000 people dying a year. We're talking 107,000 deaths oh my from opioids and, and, and drugs last year, 72,000 of it is fentanyl. It's a major problem, and it's because we're not securing a border. So I just I, I would like to add something. I had fentanyl um, when I was in the hospital and it almost killed me. And I read the box that it comes in. It was a patch. My wife could not touch the patch when she was putting it on because it could kill her just by putting her finger where the fentanyl was. 
Okay, that's how dangerous it is. On the box, it says for end of life use only. We have, remember, it doesn't take a lot to kill you. 2,300 pounds of fentanyl came across our southern border in August. That's 100 pounds more than July. And 13,000 pounds this year. What are we doing, America? Hey, Glenn, to be clear, and, and, and that those numbers are exactly right from the perspective of Border Patrol apprehension, but that does not count what got through. That does not count what is coming along with the got, known gotaways. That does not count what DPS in Texas, our law enforcement, have intercepted after it's gotten past Border Patrol. In other words, the numbers are massively higher than even that. And when you look at fentanyl, just so everybody understands, one to two milligrams can kill you. That fits on the end of a pencil. That's what we're talking about. When I say one pill can kill, every listener out there, forget politics for a minute. Go make sure that your children, your grandchildren, your loved ones, the people that you care about know this. You take a Xanax, you take a Adderall, you take something that looks like candy. If it's laced with fentanyl, you die. And it is, uh, it is getting distributed throughout our country. We stopped two girls in Arizona about two months ago with 500,000 pills in their car. In Texas, we stopped a car with 100,000 pills in it. This is a direct consequence of this administration, but I want to be equally uh, uh, critical. It's Republicans funding the government that is carrying out this tyranny against the American people in the form of open borders, hiring IRS agents, uh, having our energy uh, getting absolutely destroyed by this administration, continuing vaccine mandates, which are harming our men and women in the military, uh, we have got to stop uh, enabling this, Glenn. Republicans, we can stop it. Just stop. Not one more penny. Why would you fund the very things you campaign against? That's what I don't understand about Republicans. So I'm going to keep doing that. And credit to Kevin McCarthy yesterday. Kevin said, hey, if they're not going to do anything about the border, we should not be voting to fund this CR. That's a big statement. That's a big a statement. I, I'd like to see him back it up. I, he'd have my support if he backs that up. Uh, I'm not sure he has the the courage and cojones to do it. Uh, being from Texas, you know what that means. But uh, I hope that he does. I hope the Republicans actually mean what they say. Chip Roy from the great state of Texas um, in the U.S. House. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Chip. By the way, you have to square your shoulders and stand up straight. You are on the right side of history. You are on the right side. It is so clear, this battle of good versus evil. Who is actually helping people traffic children? Is it DeSantis and the GOP? Or is it this government that is, that is turning its blind eye and allowing the cartels, allowing China to come in with boatloads of fentanyl? Our children are at risk. And what are we fighting about? We're fighting another evil, having, having a debate on whether or not you can mutilate our children in a hospital. You're on the right side of history. Do not shy away. You are on the right side of history. listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program.
Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Yesterday, I had a uh, woman call in to the show, and she was telling me about what's happening in Oklahoma schools with books. Listen to what she said. You have it? No? I'm sorry. I thought that's what the video you were saying. Anyway, um, what she said was um, they are now passing out, teachers are now passing out um, uh, you know, uh, QR codes for the books that have been banned in the library. And, and it's all about transgenderism and everything else. And my question was, why is this such a priority for the left? Why are they doing this? And why are so many that said just six years ago, seven years ago? Yeah, well, the next thing is, you know, you're going to say that men can have babies. And the left laughed at that and said, that's not going to happen. That's ridiculous. And now it's happening. And they seem to be not only supporting it, but they are trying to tell you you're crazy if you don't believe it. Why? guy who I think is really sharp on education is Ryan Walters. I'm a fan of his. He's the Oklahoma Secretary of Education because he is complete no-nonsense. He is running for Oklahoma State Superintendent. Um, Ryan, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Thanks for having me on, Glenn, and thank you for highlighting this. As you know, frankly, this is the final stage of a war that George Soros has been uh, waging against American society for years. And the final stage of it is to completely indoctrinate our kids, supplant teachers with liberal left-wing activists, and turn our schools into a situation where they t- they're taught to hate this country. And then, frankly, they are taught to be the most confused generation in the history of the world, being told that they're gender fluid, being talked about sexuality in their first and second grade classes, being groomed. We have never seen anything like this from a civilized society. So how is this how is this happening? Because the average person is not insane. They know men cannot be pregnant. They know that story hour, you know, in the library with a dude in a dress is not normal, not healthy for children. Um, Are the are the average Democrats waking up to this, Ryan? Yes. Uh, You know, in Oklahoma, folks are waking up to it. We finally and I appreciate you shining a light on things where they call it things like diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeah. You know, they put it in every college and, you know, and people go, well, that doesn't sound so bad. Then you get in there and you go, they're making them go on white privilege walks. They're talking to them about how to talk to kids about sex, how to inject pornographic material. We've got these books on these shelves, Glenn, that if someone at a park was showing kids the images that are in these books I know that are in our schools, they would be arrested. I know. Um, and, and we've got, and we have this teacher and the, uh, the caller was talking about this teacher in Norman who left her job, then said, yeah, I know I did it on purpose. I'll continue to do it in my next job. So I've gone out and said, we need to pull her teaching certificate. She shouldn't be allowed to teach in any school in the state of Oklahoma. Well, and again, you and I've talked about this in Oklahoma. We have a Democrat state superintendent that refuses to do it. But that's the reality of it. If, if you say you're a, you are a left-wing activist, you're not a teacher, she said, I'm a political activist. Okay, go, go work at Berkeley, go to Yale. There's plenty of left-wing indoctrination up there. Get out of our K-12 schools. We're sending kids there to actually learn the basic knowledge so that they can be workforce ready. We actually want our kids to love our country and understand why we have the greatest country in the world. Take your activism and go somewhere else with it. 
I will tell you, it's disturbing to see. I mean, in some ways, I'm glad, but in other ways, it's very disturbing. Uh, the latest poll I saw on teachers, only 60% uh, trust their teachers now in their schools. That's way down, way down. Everybody's always said, yeah, well, it's not, not, not my teachers at my school. That's great. Uh, they are losing their place in society as a revered um, common sense kind of group of people. You know, and Glenn, you know, you know my background, I'm a public school teacher. That's my background. And I talk to public school teachers every day that are going, they are completely turning the profession upside down by injecting liberal activists. We have these woke administrators that are going in telling teachers, I'm, I'm dealing with an issue here in Oklahoma where they're telling telling certain teachers, you are going to go do sex ed with your middle school kids. And the teacher says, no, I'm, no, I'm not. That's, I mean, I'm, t- I'm here to teach math. Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> Every teacher in this school will. And you, you get to a point of they are undermining the profession. Your good teachers are not going to stick around because that's not what they got in the profession for. Correct. They're completely undermining the trust in our society and just the, the fabric of America where, again, we went from reading, writing, arithmetic. We went to understanding the basics of of American, uh, you know, principles and our foundation. And now it's completely being subverted. And I was, you know, about 10 years ago, Glenn, I was in a training as a history teacher where I had a presenter telling us, you know, you really shouldn't say anything good about the declaration of independence because Thomas Jefferson was a slave owner, you know, and I'm going, and I got into it back and forth with the presenter going, this is outrageous. How do you not understand the, you know, that this was a, a document that changed the course of human history. Well, I'm going to tell you, I feel like we haven't gone down a slope in the last 10 years. We've fallen off a cliff. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, that's tame compared to what we're hearing today. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. hearing stories of, no, you tell them that, I mean, America is evil to its core. That should be the basis of our history. And frankly, this is Joe Biden's America. And this is what Joe Biden wants in our schools. Again, Soros has done an amazing job from his perspective of infiltrating every aspect of society and playing in these very foundational elements of getting into our schools. You know, there are, there are countries um, in, uh, in the world that have banned George Soros. He's an enemy of the state and he and his organizations are not allowed uh, in the country because they've seen what he's done in many cases to their economies. Uh, I, I wonder if we're ever going to wake up to his influence. It is so dangerous what he's doing. It, you know, and I mean, and that's the, you know, that's the, the sad part is while conservatives, you know, w- we go to work, we're working on our family. We're God fearing people going to church, everything else. We have had this undermining of the entire society an attack on the basic building blocks. And again, I feel education, in our schools, if we lose this battle, we lose the war. We do. I mean, if, if our kids grow up and say, hey, mom, dad, you know, actually, if you believe in, you know, uh, traditional society, if you believe in low tax rates, if you actually believe in the family unit, the mother and father in the home, and everything, you know, actually, you're, you're a bigot. Actually, you know, I don't, I don't really care what you, you know, those are bigoted positions. And this country is evil and bigoted to its core. If our young people grow up and believe that, I mean, the country's gone. I mean, and, and that's not hyperbole. That's not over the top. That is, that is just fact of if we lose this generation to, and again, we're not talking about, Hey, 30 or 40 years ago, when we looked at liberal indoctrination, it was, 
hey, you know, actually we should we should pay more in taxes. You know, actually, you know, we should we should you know be pro-choice, and it was that stuff, which again isn't isn't good. But now we've gone. I mean, I was just thinking the other day. I can't imagine explaining all my grandparents have passed. I can't imagine explaining to them the the sexualization of our kids. Uh, I mean, they wouldn't believe me to tell them this is what we're dealing with in schools now. It, it is again, it's not a slope; it's a cliff that we've fallen off in the indoctrination of our kids. Well, the the key is to not go over the cliff with the rest of society. The key is to recognize. Wait, wait, wait. You, you, you want me to do what? Believe what? Say what? No. Um, and if we can just get enough people to square their shoulders, because it's I don't think, Ryan, it's ever been more clear. This is good versus evil. When you're trying to destroy the family, when you're trying to sexualize children, when you are empowering drugs to come into the country, gangs to come into the country, lawlessness to be happening on our streets, you're you're on the side of evil, and I've I think that it's never been more clear um, which side is good. And I'm not talking about Republican Democrat. I'm talking about good versus evil. It's very clear. That, that's right. Again, we're we're not. I mean, to me, we've moved beyond the stages of of some of these little skirmishes. We're in this broader battle on what is the future of America? What is the core of America? Again, 60 years ago, you at least had this, you know, a, a Democrat Party who, who, who believed in at least the fundamental principles of America. But now we've got the far left that's hijacked so much of the conversation. But again, in Oklahoma, I mean, I thought, hey, you know, our Democrats, I mean, are, are, are mostly, you know, conservative value people. I mean, it, it is not your California, your New York Democrat. And they talk to me all the time about this stuff going, yeah, this is insane. Like, I cannot believe some of the stuff that's being pushed down. And again, the pornography in schools, the sexualization of kids. I talk to Democrats every day that go, there is no place in our schools for that. But again, if we don't confront it, if we don't address it directly, and that means addressing the perpetrators like this oh, yeah. teacher and making sure that she's not teaching in her classrooms anymore, yep. but it's also the fundamental, where is it coming from? It's the DEI programs in our higher ed institutions. It's the curriculum that's being pushed into our schools. It is administrators that are going in there that are pushing this at a high level down upon the teachers. And if we don't address it very soon, what's going to happen is all your, all your level-headed teachers, and by the way, you could be a Democrat teacher, a Republican teacher, as long as you walk in the classroom and don't push an, an ideology on kids. Hey, I, you know, I taught a history class and a government class for, for over 10 years. Kids never knew my, you know, they never knew my political, like my personal opinions. I walked in and here's American history. Here's what happened. Here's what was going on. If we don't address this, though, what's going to happen is who's going to be left in these schools? You're just going to have the furthest. I mean, you're going to have teachers only to the left of Bernie Sanders. Because why would you walk in as a teacher into an environment where all your administrators are pushing you to push, you know, left-wing ideology, sexualization, all this kind of stuff? The only people that are going to be left in our schools are going to be teachers that are more like activists that want to come in there and do that. And that's, that's the fear of where this is headed very quickly if we don't turn this around. Uh, Ryan, you're running for Oklahoma State Superintendent. You are the Oklahoma Secretary of Education. If people want to get involved uh, in your campaign and help you, what do they need to do? Yes, sir. Thank you, Glenn. You know, uh, if they could go to the website, RyanWaltersForOklahoma.com. You know, again, the Democrats are using every scare tactic known to man down here uh, to try to 
to try to win this race. Oh, you know, are, and are so you I'm a Nazi? By the- are you a Nazi yet that <laughs> just hates oh, yeah. everybody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the above. You know, oh, they yeah. call name under the book and, and the National Teachers Union already dumped $2 million in the negative ads against me. Wow. Um, so, I mean, you know, we're, I'm getting it down here, but you know, I mean, the reality is when you, when you speak truth to what's going on, when you call them out directly on what their plans are and, and you, and you, and you stand with Oklahomans and say, we're not going to allow the federal government and Joe Biden to push his way into our schools with this radical ideology, they're going to come for you. And Oklahomans are going to see through it. And I, I, I appreciate any help from your audience. And I appreciate, uh, appreciate what you're doing, Glenn. You've done a great job of shining a light well, on all this is being pushed down by the feds and the far left. Thank you. Ryan Walters for Oklahoma.com. Ryan Walters for Oklahoma.com. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. You know, it's uh, amazing to me is I've talked to several people in different states that say the teachers unions control the legislature. If the teachers union decides to get involved, it's over because they have so much money and they overwhelm people. You, you, you cannot, you have to ask, where's that money coming from? So when you see an ad, you have to know where that money is coming from. If it's coming from the teachers unions, They are the ones that are pushing this and they will say and do anything. It's not about our children for them. Those teachers unions is all about power, control and money. We we have got to let our state legislators know they are not alone uh, and they need to stand against these teachers unions because they are really one of the biggest roots at the uh, base of this sick, sick tree. Na, 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 na.